The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I want to talk to you about an article that was recently released that, in my opinion, was mostly clickbait, and it caused a lot of fear in the MS community. And the reason that I know that is because when this article was released, I was receiving emails and DMs from tons and tons of people for about a week about this specific article, and there was so much fear around exercising with MS and are they doing the right type of exercise or the wrong type of exercise. I just want to clear the air for you about this article and about what is actually true. So let's just dive right into it. The article was claiming that yoga is better for people with multiple sclerosis than physical therapy. And again, I just received so many emails and messages, DMs saying, oh my gosh, should I be doing yoga? I haven't been doing yoga, or I've only been doing strengthening, or I've only been doing PT. Should I start including it? And there was this fear that if they don't do yoga, they will not reap the benefits that they are looking for. And this article bothered me, not because I'm not a fan of yoga. I am a huge fan of yoga, especially adaptive yoga for MS. In fact, we even have one live exercise class every single month in The Missing Link where it's adaptive yoga. It's seated yoga practices to help you improve your walking, your strength, your balance, all that good stuff. So I'm a huge fan of yoga. So my thoughts here do not come from me being against yoga, but more so me being against the thought that there is a single form that is best, a single form of exercise that is best for the broad population of people with multiple sclerosis. Just as yoga is not the best form of exercise for people with MS, physical therapy is not the best form of exercise for people with MS. I truly don't think that there is one form of exercise that is best for all people with MS. Now, I'm going to get into in just a bit here the different types of exercise and what to include, how many to include, and all of that information, but I think it's important to know that the best form of exercise for you is going to be based on your symptoms and your goals, in addition to your personality type and what you need to stay consistent 
at the thing. One the quote that I heard at the annual MS conference recently was, the best tech tool that you can use is the one that you will use, whatever that might be. There could be tons and tons of pieces of tech or tools or mobility aids, but the best one for you is whichever one you're actually going to use. And exercise is the same. The best form of exercise, yes, it has to do with your strength and your symptoms and your goals, but the best form is the one that you're going to consistently do. Because if you don't do it consistently, it's not going to reap any benefits. So keep that in mind as well. But when it comes to goal setting and exercising, what I wanted to share with you is a piece of what is in my upcoming book. And if you're listening to this on the day that it's released, we have about two to three weeks until launch day. I am so excited. I We'll put the link in the show notes if you want to be on our wait list. I have a lot of really cool things happening for my wait list, meaning if you are on the wait list, you not only will be getting some sneak peeks leading up to the book launch, but you're also going to get VIP early access. So you'll get access about one, maybe two days before everyone else. And if you purchase the book during launch week, you will actually receive a complimentary PDF document of all of the exercises in the book. There's tons of exercises. I'm a very visual person, so I love having those pictures to help guide you with those exercises. So lots of really cool things happening. If you're not already on the wait list, check the show notes and you can sign up there. But one chapter is specifically called, it's chapter four, it's called 10 Exercises to Improve Your Overall Strength and Conditioning. And I mention all 10, I'm going to mention them to you right now, but what I also mention is how many you should be including. I can't tell you how many experiences I've had as a physical therapist where a person, MS or not, will come to see me in the physical therapy clinic and they're coming to see me because of pain. Usually it's low back pain or hip pain or knee pain. And when I ask them, okay, what's going on? How did you get this pain? They'll say, you know, I'm super active. I exercise consistently. I don't know why I'm feeling this. And so I pry a little bit more and I'll say, okay, well, what are you doing for exercise? And 99% of the time, the person will say one form of exercise. They'll say, oh, I go to yoga six days a week or five days a week, or I'm a rower and I row five days a week, or I do whatever it is. I do X, Y, Z five days a week or six days a week. I'm so consistent. And it's not that what they're doing is wrong. It's just that they don't incorporate and implement the variety that they actually need to exercise an effective way to reap the benefits without having pain as a side effect. So let's dive into the different types of exercises that are possible for you and that you should be including. So I'm just going to quickly run through it, but please know that in the book, each of these types of exercises that I'm about to mention has photos and further explanations and demonstrations. So first, the first type of exercise that you can do is strength training. And there's lots of ways you can do this. It could be body weight. It could be with handheld weights like dumbbells or barbells, or it could be with resistance bands. Those are each different types of weight training, but nevertheless, the goal is 
weight training, the for strengthening. The second type is endurance. So this would mean if you are not only looking to improve your strength, but you want to be able to walk longer distances or do an activity for a longer amount of time. You want to be able to climb more stairs. You can climb three, but you really want to be able to climb seven. Anything that requires you to do it more or longer is endurance. And so therefore you need endurance exercises for that. The next one is stretching. So of course we all know this one being more flexible, releasing any muscle tension, tightness, hopefully even some spasticity. The fourth is balance. Of course, we need balance anytime we're standing, whether we're walking or just standing or shifting our weight, moving around. If we don't have balance, we will likely trip or fall or have to hold on to something so that nothing bad happens. Number five is coordination. And this comes into play when we're walking or even if we're doing something like feeding ourselves where we have to have the coordination to put our foot where we want it to go or put our hand where we want it to go. If we're feeding ourselves, we want to put our hand specifically in the food or the fork rather or spoon in the food and then up to our mouth. We don't want to hit our cheek. We don't want to hit our nose. We need to have that coordination so that our hand or foot goes where we want it to go. If you have walking limitations and you're the type of person where you feel like people think you might be drunk because your feet don't land where you want them to be, that is likely a coordination issue. In my book, I didn't want to get too in-depth with medical terminology, but other names for this that you may or may not recognize is proprioception or even kinesthesia. So that's its own category is number five, coordination. Number six is aerobic exercise or cardio exercise. Now, of course, this is important if you have any type of mobility goals, because if you can't catch your breath, if you don't have much aerobic capacity, then even if you can improve your endurance and your strength where you're walking farther distances and your walking quality is better, if you aerobically can't handle that, then you won't be able to implement your new strength or your new endurance. So aerobic exercise is its own category. Number seven is speed So again, if you want to be able to do something faster, we talked earlier about doing something longer, such as endurance, walking a longer distance. Speed would mean you want to walk faster. Next is number eight, which is daily movement and implementation. So this is a really important one to remember, especially if you are the type of person where you've been doing exercises, you generally stay consistent with your exercises, but you aren't noticing improvements in your day-to-day function. So your hip flexors might be getting stronger, your hamstrings are getting stronger, ankle improvement, foot drop is getting better, but not when you're walking. So we want to make sure that you implement your exercises into your daily movement. So that's number eight. Number nine is high intensity interval training. So this means picking a couple of exercises that feel really high intensity for you. That's going to be different for each person. They can be standing exercises. They could be seated exercises. It could be anything. As long as you feel like it's intense, It stays in that high-intensity category. And then you pick a few exercises that feel low-intensity. And again, that can be anything. It could even just be sitting and lightly moving your arms back and forth. And then you go back and forth between a high-intensity exercise and a low-intensity exercise. So all that requires 
is that you have intervals of each one. A few times that I have mentioned this, there have been a lot of people who have said, oh, I can't do high-intensity interval training. I can't do anything that's high-intensity. And in reality, my firm belief is anyone can do high-intensity interval training. Just pick the right exercises for each of your categories. And last but not least, 10, the 10th type of exercise, are classes. And this is actually the type that a lot of things fall into, but there's a lot of layover and intermingling between these 10 types. So for example, yoga is often a class. It's often a full practice where it might be an hour long or an hour and 15, an hour and a half. It's a class. But within that class, you are getting some strengthening. You're getting some stretching. Or physical therapy, for example. Physical therapy focuses on strength, endurance, stretching, balance, literally all of these. So sometimes when you exercise, you might be hitting all of these within a specific class. And at that point, it's really important that you become very specific with which types that you're getting. For example, a lot of my clients who used to come to me saying, I have so much pain, but I'm really active. I go to yoga five or six days a week. I asked them what they were doing in their yoga classes, and it was a lot of active stretching, very little or no passive stretching. And there's a big difference between those two. Active stretching means that your muscles are actually working at the same time. It's not just a full relaxing stretch where your muscles are not doing anything. Both have their perks, but it's good to incorporate both. Similarly, in those yoga classes, they were getting a lot of isometric strengthening, but not concentric or eccentric, meaning it was a lot of holding positions, less of moving where your muscles actually change length. And it's important to get both of those. And I don't want to get super picky. You don't have to know this terminology or anything like that. But what is important is that you are including at least six types of exercises per week. You don't have to do six per day. But an example of this could be that maybe on Monday, Wednesday, Friday is when you focus on some strength training, maybe a little bit of stretching and aerobic. But then maybe Tuesday, Thursday, you focus on speed and balance. Because what you may have experienced, what a lot of people will tell me is, I'm doing so much strengthening exercises, why is my balance still off? Or I'm getting so much stronger, but I still can't walk longer distances. And the thing is, the reason why is because each of those things mentioned requires a different form of exercise. We've talked a lot before about functional exercise, meaning if you have a goal of improving your walking, you should break down walking into as many of those movements required as possible, and those movements are now your exercises. Well, it works the same with the type of exercise that you're doing. For example, If you want to improve your balance, you have to do balance exercises. Your balance will likely not improve with strengthening exercises. If you want to improve your speed that you're walking within your home or outside in your community, you have to practice speed-based exercises. Your speed will not improve with balance or strength or endurance training. So not only is it important to 
think of the goal that you're working towards and make sure your exercises are aligned with that specific goal, but get even pickier with your goal. Not just what function is it, what activity is it, but what specifically and in what specific situations do you want to be able to do that? The easiest example is what we've just been talking about, where if your goal is to improve your walking, your exercises would be walking-based exercises, but the type of exercise that you include is going to vary. For example, as you hopefully know by now, there are seven main exercises that you should do to improve walking. One of those is a marching exercise, meaning you are either sitting or standing and you're bringing your knee up towards the ceiling, pause, and slowly lower, and you'd repeat that over and over again. You can do that marching exercise for longer amounts of repetitions. So for example, instead of doing 10, then resting, try to do 15 and then rest. And then eventually as you get stronger, try to do 20 and then rest, and then 30 and then rest. The more you do, the more you're not only strengthening, but you're gaining endurance as well. You're able to use that muscle longer, which is what endurance is. Another way that you can utilize this marching exercise is to do it faster. If one of your goals is to improve your speed, practice marching at a faster pace. If one of your goals is to improve your balance when walking, you can do this marching exercise in a standing position while either not holding on to anything or just lightly holding on. Then you're also incorporating balance. So you can see how the same exercise of marching can be used in all of these different 10 ways of exercises. So going back to what we started this conversation with of yoga is better than physical therapy for MS, Yoga might be better for some people, but not all people. Physical therapy might be best for some people, but not all people. There's no one thing that's best. It truly is dependent on your symptoms and your goals. And then from there, determining what types of exercises to do and then what specific exercises to do. So what categories of exercises and then what are the actual exercises. And lastly, the best thing that you can do is once you have that plan that you just created for yourself or maybe you're working with a physical therapist to help you create the best plan for you is to listen to your body. If you are feeling pain or aches or discomfort, then it might not be best for you. Some of what you've included might not be the best for you, even if a research study says that it is better. So listen to your body and how you're feeling, but also ask yourself, am I staying consistent with this plan that I set for myself? If so, great. If not, either change something or change it all. Because again, if you're not consistent, you're not gonna reap the benefits of it. So make sure you're doing something that you enjoy and that you can stay consistent with, even if it's just two or three days a week. There is actual research showing that in the MS population, exercising at least two days a week up to three days a week is beneficial. So you don't have to be consistent in the sense of seven days a week or even five days or six days, just at least two to three days per week. If you want more information on these 10 types of exercises, and not only that, but you want pictures of them and maybe even videos, definitely check out my book. It should be launching in the middle 
or even early July. Again, if you're on my wait list, you will be up to date on when it's releasing. You'll get some sneak peeks, all that good information. And once it is actually launched, I'll let you guys know so that you can purchase it and start reading all of this amazing information. I do have a podcast episode where I went into each of the different chapters and I did a little chapter summary for each one. That is in episode number 125 of the Missing Link podcast. So if you want to know that information, check out that episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.